This is Paul Adamson, and I'm in conversation with Bruce Stokes. Bruce Stokes is the Director of Global Economic Attitudes at the Pew Research Centre. Bruce, you've recently produced your annual survey of European attitudes towards, towards Europe and fellow Europeans, and this is picked up in the press by many as being a very favourable response this time, that people in Europe are generally more favourable towards Europe. But when you drill down into some of your data, the situation is not as quite clear-cut as that, is it? The favorability of the EU has been uh, in question in, in Europe. It's gone, it went down dramatically after the financial crisis. It has bumped around for a number of years. It began to climb back in 2014 and 2015, and then it took another dip in 2016. Um, but in 2017, there's been a real recovery. Um, and in the 10 EU countries that we surveyed, uh, except for Greece, you have half or more of the population now have a favorable view of the EU. Um, and that's up dramatically even from last year. For example, in Germany, the favorable uh, opinion of the EU has risen 18 percentage points in one year. Uh, there's a similar 18 point jump in France and a 15 point jump in Spain. So that's pretty positive in terms of public opinion. However, uh, well, before I say however, I would say we also ask people about, do you want a Brexit? Do you want to leave the EU like the Brits are trying to leave the EU? And overwhelmingly people say no. Uh, so that's another potentially positive thing for, for the EU. Uh, only, a, only in Italy and Greece do you get about a third of the population who say, we'd like to, to leave ourselves. But still it's only a third, and in other countries it's much smaller. So there doesn't seem to be a Brexit infection going on. However, and here's the caveat, we also ask people, would you like your own vote on mm. this issue of whether to leave or not? And in seven of the nine continental European countries where we asked that question, half or more of the population say, yes, we would like our own vote. That sounds to me counterintuitive. Back in Britain, of course, the people who have demanded in the past and succeeded more recently in uh, getting a, a referendum on the EU membership of the EU have been, by and large, anti-Europeans. But you're saying, that by and large, in these countries you surveyed, apart from the UK, they're pro-European but still want a chance to vote on membership. So this may not be about the EU at all. This oh. may be about, on important issues like this, I, a German or a Spaniard or an Italian, I want my voice to be heard. Okay. Uh, we know from past surveys we've done in Europe that people don't believe that Brussels is listening to them, that their voice is not being heard. Um, and this expression of a desire to have a vote on future membership in the EU may in fact be more an expression of a desire of to want to, to record my say on right. this issue. Um, uh, because you're right, I mean, it, the survey would suggest that if people did get a vote, they would probably vote to stay because they say they want to stay. Right. Um, of course, we should remember that you shouldn't necessarily count on getting the outcome in a referendum that you expect. Right. Uh, David Cameron expected that if he put this to a vote in Britain, the Brits would vote to stay. 
and that didn't work out that way. What is fascinating also, a lot of things fascinating in your study is that you've obviously, obviously gone down into age groups as well and what we kind of all knew intuitively maybe has been confirmed by your data and your research is that young people by and large across these countries are pro-European, even in the United Kingdom, but not just young people as you indicate here, 1829, but also the 30 to 49 age group, so bordering on middle age, um, they by and large in these 10 countries survey, those two groups together so in other words, people under the age of 50 in 10 countries are by and large pro-European, is that fair? Yes, and I think what's interesting is that even in countries such as Greece or Spain, where you have incredibly high youth unemployment, um, they, the young people in those countries are more likely to be pro-EU than older people in those countries. Now, in Greece, Neither one of those age groups likes the EU that much, right. but still younger people like the EU more than older people. So again, if you're thinking about the future of the EU, yeah. basically the younger generation uh, still believes in the European project. Right. At the same time, uh, to the extent we can talk about left and right uh, in, in the 21st century, in 2017, you talk about also the pro-European attitudes amongst the, the left, centre-left voters and centre-right voters. And again, you indicate that what we kind of maybe knew intuitively, uh, and, and the UK is a good example, but other countries too, that again, centre-left voters uh, are more pro-European than centre-right. Again, is that correct? In most countries, it's people on the left who are more likely to say they have a favourable view of the EU. We ask people to self-identify right. where they land on an ideological spectrum. You left of center, right of center, middle of the road. And uh, in most countries, it's people on the left who are more pro-EU than people on the right. That's not the case in Greece. It's not the case in Spain. In that case, it's more likely to be people on the right who are favorable yeah. towards the EU. Uh, but it does seem to be more of a left of center thing. Right. And again, when you drill down into some of these sort of headline figures, uh, you've asked the question, for example, uh, how do you rate EU's handling of economic issues? Again, the, 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 the verdict is pretty severe. People don't really approve, even though they're pro-European, of the EU's handling of economic issues, for example. Again, is that correct? Th that's correct. Um, they actually feel a little better about the EU's handling of economic issues than they did just a year ago. Okay. Now, uh, what, does what, what, we don't know, what we don't know, the economy's gotten better, or at least the public perception that the economy has gotten better uh, has improved. Um, in fact, for the first time this year, Europeans tell us that they feel better about the economy today than they have at any time since before the financial crisis. Okay. Uh, and that's the same in the US, it's the same in Japan. So it's a phenomenon across advanced industrial countries that economic sentiment has recovered finally after the financial crisis. Now, let's be honest about this. In many of these countries, they still don't feel very good about the economy. Right, uh, but they could blame national governments as much as the European Union. Correct? Right, but when we ask people specifically, do, how do you think the EU is managing the economic uh, challenge uh, last year they were more critical than they are this year, even though this year they're still fairly critical. Um, I mean, the Germans actually feel much better about the EU's management of the economic issues than uh, they did last year. But again, I think one of the limitations of survey research is, is this because people just feel better about the economy? 
right. so they are less critical of the EU. Okay. Uh, or um, uh, is this actually that they think the EU is doing a better job? Again, we don't know because the data doesn't tell us that. But again, another question you asked is a similar vein to that, the, to give a verdict on the economic performance of the EU, is also about Brussels' management of the refugee issue. And again, even pro-Europeans are rather critical, right, of the EU's yes, they, management they are, of refugees? Yes, uh, people are very critical of uh, the EU's management of the refugee issue. They're slightly less critical than they were last year. In fact, we think from our studies last year that the reason, the principal reason that people uh, lost some faith in the EU last year was because of the refugee crisis. And they were very critical of how the EU had managed the refugee crisis. Now we can get into a whole debate about whether it was the EU's fault or whether it was national government's fault, but um, we know from our survey that people were very critical of the EU last year on its management of the refugee issue. They're slightly less critical today. Um, I think it's a reflection of the fact that the refugee crisis has subsumed, subsided a bit uh, and is subsumed by other issues. Um, but um, I think one of the takeaways from the up and down of views of the EU over the last decade is that it may well be very dependent upon events. And today, the refugee crisis seems to have ebbed a little bit. The economy seems to be doing better. Uh, and people's perception then of the EU in general goes up. Uh, but that doesn't mean it's going to stay up, depending on what happens over the next year. Well, again, something which seems to me maybe not paradoxical, but certainly intriguing, is that you asked also about uh, at what level should um, the EU uh, or national level should uh, there be a say in, in uh, negotiating future trade agreements, the, the migration crisis, etc.? And it seems to me that, uh, again, a majority of the people you, you asked the question of were in favor of some of these powers being brought back to the national level. Yes, we um, uh, uh, last year asked people, do you want um, more Europe or less Europe? Do you want more power to go to Brussels? Do you want to bring back some powers to your uh, national government. And uh, a significant portion of the public, not necessarily a majority in all cases, said, no, we'd like to bring back some power to our own national capital. But we realized we didn't know what that meant. I mean, what powers did they want to bring back? So we thought we would ask them this year. And so we, because of the CETA debate, the Canadian uh, trade agreement debate, because of the TTIP, the Transatlantic uh, Trade Investment and Partnership debate, we thought, we'll ask about trade. And do people want your national government to negotiate future trade agreements, or do we want Brussels to continue to negotiate them? And bearing in mind that this is a power that Brussels has had since 1957 <laughs> in the creation of the European Economic Community. Right. But um, again, in many cases, except in the Netherlands and in Germany, People said, no, actually, we'd like to bring that back to our national capital. Now, what we don't know about this, again, because of the limitations of survey research, is this because they don't like the EU? Mm -hmm. Is this because they don't like the effects of globalization and they'd like to get some more control over that? Um, and uh, is it just, as I've had some EU officials say to me, well, they don't know that this is a competence of the of the EU. Well, frankly, I'm not sure that matters. 
they know this or not. They have, an, they have an emotion about this, and that's what's important. And similarly, we ask people about the management of internal migration inside the EU. Who do you want to control uh, the movement of EU citizens within the EU? Now, this is one of the four freedoms, again, a, a core competency of, of the European Union. Uh, but basically, two-thirds of the public in the nine countries that we surveyed say, we want this to be uh, controlled by our national government. Now, bear in mind, this is one of the Brexit negotiation issues, right? Uh, where the Brits want yeah. uh, to control uh, the movement of people from the EU into Britain. So it's a key issue. Um, and similarly, we ask people about, what about non-EU citizens coming in? Who do you want to control that? Overwhelmingly, three-quarters of the public said, we want our national government to control that. Uh, now, uh, I think this is about people saying there are issues that affect our lives, and we want more control over that. We want more sovereignty over that. Uh, and they look to their national capitals to exert that sovereignty, not necessarily uh, the EU. Okay. This is not a podcast about Brexit. Many of my podcasts are about Brexit. But nonetheless, you did ask a question about what people's views about the impact of Brexit on the EU and the impact of Brexit on the UK. And I think I'm right in saying that the, in Britain, views are, are kind of finely balanced between good or bad thing. Uh, the UK's own withdrawal from the EU, whereas that, in terms of the impact of Brexit on the rest of the EU, then all your respondents by a large majority said it's going to be a bad thing. Absolutely. Uh, in fact, the only people who even had a small minority of the population say it would be a good thing are the French, where about a third of the French said this would be a good thing for the EU, but basically other people uh, overwhelmingly say no, it would be a bad thing. And even then, a majority of the French said it would be a bad thing. Let's be fair to the French. Right. Uh, but um, uh, what was interesting, we also asked people, do you think this would be good or bad for the UK? And 48% of British in the survey said this is going to be bad for the UK. Only 44% said it was going to be good for the UK. Interesting. Um, so uh, despite the fact that, that people voted, 52 to 48 to leave, and at least the domestic polls I've seen in the UK suggest people don't want to have another vote and, and they don't want to not live up to the referendum. Uh, they also are acknowledging that we're not so sure this would be a good thing for us. Uh, but they do seem to want to keep, keep on the path that they're on, not based on our surveys, but based on some of the domestic uh, EU surveys that I've seen, YouGov and other people. Right. Well, one last question. We're running out of time, Bruce. Um, Germany. You have a whole section on Germany. So attitudes uh, of your respondents towards Germany. How does Germany come out? Is it seen as too powerful, uh, doing, a, doing a great job in the absence of political leadership elsewhere, or well, what? Well, people outside of Germany have a favorable view of Germany. Not so much the Greeks, but most people have a favorable view of Germany. Uh, uh, about a little over half have a favorable view of uh, Chancellor Merkel. Again, not so great in Greece uh, or Italy, but um, uh, half the public that we surveyed outside of Germany say that Germany has too much influence in the EU. Uh, uh, and that's very strongly felt in Central Europe and in Southern Europe uh, in particular. Um, 
What is interesting is that about a quarter of the Germans say we have too little influence in the EU. <laughs> and frankly, in other countries in Europe, nobody says that. <laughs> okay, we have to leave it there. Bruce Stokes, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Thank you.